You know, climate change is uh, in crisis. Uh, there's a crisis mode, as you know. Uh, Greta told us, uh, and at least the world via the UN in her address uh, only a few weeks ago, that the house is on fire and we have to do something for our kids and deal with uh, this climate emergency. And the a lot of people say we need to get ourselves out of the petrol and diesel cars and get ourselves into electric vehicles. So this story caught my eye. Uh, the government's ambitious plan in the UK to ban all petrol and diesel cars by 2040 is going to require a serious shift in buying habits. At present, electric cars account for only 1% of new vehicle sales in the UK. I would argue after the cancellation of the province's green on uh, program and the uh, reimbursement that a lot a lot fewer people are turning towards electric vehicles here in Ontario. And the latest news is Dyson. Britain's James Dyson has decided to scrap their electric car project. Here to talk about it, Sam Abul Samad, who is a principal analyst at Navigant and friend of the show and knows everything about electrical vehicles in this car industry, joins us on the show now. Hey, thanks for joining us, Sam. Good morning, Kelly. So uh, Dyson is bowing out. They canceled their ambitious plan to build the electric car because the project they said was not commercially viable. They had built this fantastic car, and I believe it, because anybody who has a Dyson product, like I have the Dyson Supersonic hairdryer, which is an obscene, uh, obscenely priced uh, hairdryer, but it works like a dream. My husband jokes that it's uh, alien technology. And, uh, I, and it, may, it may well be. And I uh, wonder if they uh, nixed the car and decided to uh, kill the Dyson car because they couldn't keep it on the ground because being alien technology. Uh, I, I think the, the challenges were a little more uh, mundane than that. You know, it, I think it basically came down to realizing how much they were actually going to have to invest uh, to start a car company. Uh, you know, as if you look at you know some of the other startups you know in the field in recent years, you know Tesla, you know 16 years on, still has not been able to get sustainable profits. Um, you know, other companies like uh, Chinese-backed Neo, uh, you know, is in real trouble right now. They're running short of cash. Their stock price is way down. Their sales are terrible. So I think you know they probably looked at the market and just realized that you know this is going to be too hard to actually make a business out of. Well, apparently, uh, Dyson said they're still committed to the $2.5 billion technology investment they uh, spent, and they will uh, use it for furthering developing the IP and technology that was going to underpin their car. They're going to try and sell it to other firms. Yeah, and I think, you know, for Dyson, that's probably a smart move. You know, they've already made a lot of investments. You know, they've, they've over the years, they've done a lot of interesting things with electric motor design and making more efficient electric motors. And that's, that's you know, one of the keys to making EVs more viable, uh, you know, because electric vehicles, as you know, are more expensive than internal combustion vehicles to build, um, and in large part because of the cost of the battery and the size of the battery. So if you can make a more efficient drivetrain, more efficient motors, uh, and electronics, then you don't need as much battery to get the same range. So if they can develop their ba- their motor technology and get that, sell that to other automakers, then they have the potential to, to have a business there that can benefit everybody. Yeah, they say they've developed their own battery, and uh, it would benefit Dyson in a profound way and take us in new, exciting directions. What percentage of the car market do electric cars represent, by the way? Uh, globally, it's somewhere between one and one and a half percent. So, I mean, it's still a tiny mm. slice of the market. 
Um, but it is growing, uh, you know, and it's, it's growing fairly steadily, but it's, you know, it's, it's not, it's still nowhere near the majority of cars. What's happening with Apple? Weren't they building an, an EV? Uh, well, there have been rumors for years that they've been developing a car. Um, you know, a couple of years back, you know, it seemed like they had more or less abandoned the idea of trying to build a complete car. And these days, they seem to be more focused on building an automated driving system that they could use with other people's vehicles. So they, they don't seem to actually be trying to, or at least as far as we know, there's no signs right now that they're actually trying to build a complete car. I see. So how long until we can realistically expect to see electric cars as a dominant force in the auto industry? Uh, well, our latest forecasts at, at Navigant um, are, you know, by 2030, we expect about 15% of the global car market to be battery electric vehicles. And then another, uh, probably another 5 to 10% on top of that being plug-in hybrid vehicles. So at least through the 2020s, there's, we don't expect them to be the majority of the car market. As we get into the 30s and beyond, that's where you know it'll start to pick up more steam. Do we think when we see these electric cars, they're not going to be um, individuals and individual households owning them, but we're going to see more of them operating, uh, you know, as a, a company that sends a car your way? That uh, that will certainly be a significant part of the market, and you know, for consumers, as long as the EVs remain more expensive than internal combustion, it's going to be hard to convince consumers to buy an EV. Uh, but you know, electric cars are a lot cheaper to operate. Electricity is a lot cheaper than gasoline, uh, and the, and they're more efficient. But for the the amount of miles that, or kilometers that a, an average consumer drives, you know, the payback period is very long. But for a fleet or a business that might be driving, you know, say 100,000 kilometers a year or more for, you know, for a commercial vehicle, those operating costs have a much bigger impact on their business. And so, you know, we're going to start to see more and more adoption, just like we recently saw uh, Amazon place an order for 100,000 delivery uh, vans from uh, another startup called Rivian that's building electric trucks. Hmm. Should we expect more new players coming into the electric car field? I mean, you just mentioned that that company Rivian with the trucks. Yeah, I mean, you know, there's there's always people who want to try. You know, we will certainly see more challengers coming in. Um, some may succeed and survive. But the other thing that we're seeing is that the traditional industry um, is increasingly moving towards electric, and we're going to see the launch of a whole bunch of new electric vehicles in the next 12 to 24 months. Um, next month at the Los Angeles Auto Show, we're going to see several more new EVs being launched um, from Ford and Audi and other manufacturers. Porsche has just launched the Taycan. Uh, so we're going to see premium cars, <coughs> excuse me, but also a lot more mainstream uh, products. There's going to be uh, Volkswagen Group, uh, all, through all their brands, has promised 70 new electric vehicles uh, by 2025. Wow. And most, most manufacturers are planning a whole bunch of new vehicles. Actually, Volvo is also launching an electric version of their XC40 compact crossover next week. Well, it might be a good idea that VW is, is looking towards the EV since they've had an emission problem. Uh, yeah, well, and that's that's a big reason, the big factor behind their push into electrification is the the whole diesel scandal. I'm just a bit shocked that Dyson has backed out of the um, this plan to build the electric car because they've he, he's just revolutionized, you know, the vacuum cleaner, the lowly vacuum cleaner. I mean, we all need it, but you know, we don't look at it like a status symbol. And then you've got you know this absurdly expensive one that does the trick in a way that other ones just can't. And you know, even down to the hair dryer, it's 
you know, most people don't think about their hair dryer as being something change uh, life changing. But I'll tell you, it has uh, cut my getting ready time in half now. And he says that it wasn't commercially viable. Well, I think, you know, a hair dryer that costs almost five hundred dollars is, is not commercially viable, but he's making that work. It seems like more people would have paid more for a Dyson project, uh, you know, product. Wouldn't he have been going after that high end uh, car buyer? Well, I think that there's a lot bigger market for, uh, you know, for a $500 hairdryer than for, you know, $100,000, $150,000 electric vehicles, which is probably for the type of vehicle that they've been describing is probably what they would have been looking at is something more in that price range. And the the investment to build a car, you know, it's a very capital intensive business, mm-hmm. you know, to build vehicles. Um, would have been enormously huge. I mean, like I said, just look at Tesla. You know, they have uh, raised and spent, you know, uh, upwards of uh, 12 or $13 billion over the last decade to just to ramp up, you know, to build the cars that they have so far. And it, you know, it would be, it would be a huge investment. And Tesla has still not been able to make money, and neither has any other dedicated EV manufacturer. Would we see no. um, Musk get out of the business, do you think? Oh, uh, not voluntarily. No. Okay. <laughs> you know, only only if if and when uh, Tesla you know runs out of cash and has to go through a bankruptcy reorganization, and even then, you know, he may be out. But you know, somebody will buy up you know the assets of the company. You know, because there's a lot of brand equity there, and you know they'll keep the brand alive, but and migrate some of their technology uh, into other vehicles. You know, and it'll be a company, probably a traditional automaker that knows how to build cars cost-effectively and, you know, incorporate them as part of their lineup. So are those traditional automakers really the ones that are, we're going to see um, create the most uh, electric vehicles th- that will be well, commercially viable? Yeah, mo- most likely, because it, as I said, it's going to be a while before, you know, EVs can really be commercially viable on their own and be profitable on their own. But companies that are selling other types of vehicles that are currently profitable can use some of those profits to subsidize the EVs at, until those costs come down, uh, you know, and use some of their scale, you know, in getting parts, you know, other parts to help drive down the costs. So, uh, you know, you know, for example, you look at a Ford or General Motors or Volkswagen. You know, they still are going to be selling a lot of internal combustion vehicles for a long time, and the profits they make on those will subsidize the losses on the EVs. Yeah, and you know, you, you talk about Volkswagen, it seems like uh, there is brand loyalty, and so the idea of Tesla sticking around for a long time uh, seems to make sense to me, because you know, even after the scandal, you still see people that buy Volkswagen stick with Volkswagens. Yeah, I mean, they're still, Volkswagen Group is still the number one automaker in the world, you know, right alongside Toyota and and uh, the Nissan Renault Alliance. So, uh, you know, it, it, the, there hasn't really been a long-term impact on their business. Sam, it's always a pleasure having you on. Thank you so much for joining the show. Pleasure to be here anytime, Kelly. Have a great weekend. Sam Abu Samad is Principal Analyst at Navigant. You're listening to Global News Radio 640 Toronto.